I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Beyonce, Beyonce, are you happy to be in Paris? Is that it? Yeah, then you (laughs) say the line. You're listening to Bandwagons. I didn't know seen that video, no? No, and I was like, is it over? Is there more coming? She's like, we? I don't know. We? No, that's the TikTok clip where they have a... It's Nicki Minaj saying we, but it's it's W-E. She's not saying the French for yes. We? Um... Anyway, look up that clip after. I'll put it in here, actually. I'm so out of touch. And I'm, I'll, so I'll get it touch. and I'll send it to you and we'll put it in here so that Breed can listen back to it and the listeners. But the listeners know. The listeners are... Yeah. Listeners have their fingers on the pulse. Uh, welcome back to Panwagons. Much appreciated having you here. Uh, last week's episode is up now on Patreon, if you missed it. And it's about all the embarrassing things we've ever done to garner the attention of someone that we fancy and some of you it was hysterical quite embarrassing people quite embarrassing people but I shared my own stories as well so it's fine we're all in it together um we are recording this a bit in advance so like I don't know it's hard to talk about what's going on in our lives because so much is going to change I'm about to do triathlon by the time this comes out it will be done touch wood actually I say there's no guarantee that I'm gonna end up doing this triathlon Yes, you will. Well, sorry. Like, I, I said, like, I want to do it, but I just said it more from the sense of, like, I don't know if I got struck by lightning or, or something, which I feel like I shouldn't be putting out into the universe. But <laughs> as of right now, I'm no. supposed to be doing the triathlon, and I am nervous and excited. Excited to see Derry. Der- Never been to Derry. Yeah. Um, Derry's nice. When were you in Derry? I've just walked around it a couple of times for work. I've never, I don't think I've ever stayed. Or I've ever, like, I don't know if I've eaten or what was I there for? I think we were there literally for like an afternoon to film something. But it's like, it's just a very nice, like, town to walk around. Aoife Moore came through with some recommendations. And I, when I, I'm doing it with my friend, Kerry, and also a long-time listener of the pod. So, hello, Kerry. And she Kerry and has booked somewhere for dinner that I can't remember, but I'll talk about it after. Um, but Aoife nice. Moore came through with some other 
recs for pints and stuff like that. But I do, I'm whole, I need to get a few more recommendations for like coffee and like pastries. That's always what I'm asking. Whenever I ask for recommendations for places, I'm like, just tell me where I can get a really delicious coffee and a really delicious like little treat. That's all. Actually, yeah. I don't care about actually anything else. Anything else. Yeah. Just little treats. That's fair. Just like, where's the bread for 41 of dairy? Yeah, where's the bread 41 of dairy? Every, I don't think they believe in like being a chain themselves, but if they did, ever should have a bread 41 and it makes me angry that there isn't. We did a... Uh, Maybe there's 40 other breads. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's a good franchise idea if they're considering it. Maybe they're not. I'd be they happy just to be like... Down. Whatever your favourite number is. Like, you could be bread... What's my favourite number? Bread 13. Bread 13 and course. 13 is your favourite number. Yeah, because I'm a contrarian says, breed. Of course I am. That really What's your favourite number? I don't really have one. 24? You just pulled that out of your arse now. Come on. You've no connection know, to like, 24. No, I don't really. I've always been drawn to the number 24, but I don't think it's... I wouldn't consider it lucky or my favourite. I just like... I just like it. 21 is probably my second favourite, I would say. 21, oh, good vibes. Good 21st. This is know. our episode on numbers. We're just going to rank our favourite numbers. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah, okay. Anyway, what... Everybody is counting. What were we... Well, speaking of counting, speaking of a countdown, if you will, Beyonce, the topic of this week's episode. Beyonce. I can't believe we're only covering her now. You suggested it. Oh yeah. And I was convinced we'd done it before and we haven't. And you said it was because we were holding it for a live. I, it was always on my live list. But then anytime we were actually coming to do a live, um, we couldn't like knock any crack out of it, like the same way we could with like Barney or whatever. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's, and when we say that, that's not to say that we don't think like Beyonce has like her funny moments or whatever, but ultimately she is like a beacon of culture. Yeah, you know what I mean? Whereas like, it's, it's obvious with like the likes of Harry Potter and you know. The Barneys and Twilight and stuff like that. So the Barneys, the Barneys. So we are. Instead, I would argue. Oh, you go. She's probably one of the biggest bandwagons we've ever taken on. Yeah, like I don't know if we're going to do it justice in this episode. We are, but we're going to do it in true bandwagons fashion. In that we will have tried. You will learn nothing. You will learn nothing. <laughs> but you know what? You might have a laugh. I was just going to end the sentence that you know what, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll have a laugh. Who knows? Um, yeah, I I think it's a good time to talk about it, obviously, because she's on tour. She's on the mm-hmm. Renaissance tour, Renaissance, if you are American, I suppose, uh, depending on your pronunciation. I say Renaissance. Uh, she's on tour. I'm seeing a lot of people on the timeline at it. Ashen Keenan, Louise McSharry, Emer Glyset, Connor Bean, Pamela, Louise Bruton, Pamela Joyce, most recently saw it. Um, and the general consensus from all of them, I would say, is that it's like a show like nothing they've ever seen before. And they've all yeah. said it. And I trust all of them implicitly because they all have one good taste in music and two, they've been to a lot of gigs. Like a lot of their jobs have revolved around being at concerts. And every single one of them has gone back and been like, no phone camera will ever do what yeah. this show is justice. And I now have the most disgusting FOMO to the point where I'm like, I might, because I think there's still tickets for some of the UK dates. So I think I'm going to look it up. I think I might see about a ferry or a plane. I think I have to go. I think I need to see this. Yeah, because I, I didn't get it. And I like, I would have maybe gone to see her if it was Dublin. But like beyond that, I was like, no, I'm not interested. And now 
I've been like watching everyone's stories being like, oh, just what am I missing? What is it? And I just, obviously you can't see it through an Instagram, but people seem to be coming out of it just speechless and no one can actually explain the level that it is. Like to me, like through Instagram, it just looks like another concert to me, to be honest. Have you ever seen her live? I don't think so. I also She rarely does so. Dublin. I think, yeah, she doesn't I can't remember what she was here for last Oxygen is the one that's sticking out for me because I think she played after the year after Jay-Z did it which was the year I, I went the year Jay-Z did it um, but she's she played after that since she was here for one of the tours that I cannot remember and I'm going to be told about but anyway one that's always been on my list and I am raging now because it was like the, like this year we got Madonna tickets and I'm like I wish I kind of wish we got Beyonce tickets Madonna, Madonna tickets that's a weird I'm, one well, Madonna's another one where it's like, I need to see her before. Like, this is, whenever before a Beyonce, this is, okay, I wasn't going to say it. Thanks for saying it out loud. But like, she's this is old. Be, no, but like, this is her, definitely her, one of her last tours, I would imagine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. We were like that with Elton John and Mark looked it up and he was like, oh, I was going to get us Elton John tickets. But you looked them up and there was like, at the time, like we'd left it way too late to get into Elton John. So by the time we went on to look at it, it was like two seats, hours beforehand. Yeah. I don't think, has it even happened yet? I don't know. Um, they're like €350 Euro for a seat on its own. Like, and not a good seat. Like, or something like crazy money. So we would have had to pay like €700 Euro and not even be sitting together. So we left it. But I would die to see Elton John. I've heard very hit or miss things about him. I really? know someone who went a couple of years ago, didn't think it was good. But I think they went again recently and they were like, it was incredible. Better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to know. I just, yeah. Would have loved to have seen him in his heyday, probably. Yeah. Someone invent that fire machine quick. Here we are now. Um, but okay, but this goes back to the thing of, so you you haven't been enticed by any of these clips. Did you, Have you listened to Renaissance? Do you like Renaissance? Uh, I haven't listened. Breed. I think, I think. I can't believe era, we're doing this podcast and you haven't listened to Renaissance. I've heard, like, I've seen the... The like the popular bits. I know, around, but you need but like, you need to listen to the whole record. Like but it's, it's not. It's just not like I don't think this is my era of Beyonce. Like I lo- I liked old Beyonce. Okay. Like yo- young, like pop Beyonce, and now these eras and like movie albums and stuff. I'm just not into it. Like I just not that they're not good. They're just not my vibe. I think. I watched, the, like, was it Lemonade had a big like movie with it or something? Lemonade was, uh, it wasn't the first visual album, but it was the second of her visual albums. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely w- did one of the other ones from like start to finish before. And I was just like, okay. Like I didn't, it still didn't grab me. I just think it's either, I say it's like one of the ba- biggest band bangles you've ever done because you're either like, I would die for Beyonce to like look in my direction or you're like, yeah, Beyonce is good. Or I think like, you have the other camp who are like, I think Beyonce is really overrated, which I, would I have been a part of that camp previously? Maybe a little bit, but I actually you know, realised yeah. that it was just that I don't like all of the music, which I think is fine, yeah. but I, there's a really good podcast that I will link in the show notes that kind of opened my eyes to who she is. And to be honest, having watched Homecoming, which I'm going to be honest, I only watched for this podcast recently, which is, I know people are going to recently. kill me for that. 20 minutes ago. 20 minutes ago. Um, that and this podcast series, it's the it's the Pop Pantheon Beyonce series. If anyone's familiar with Pop Pantheon, they did like a four-part series leading up to the release of Renaissance. So it covers like her, des- her career with Destiny's Child, her solo career up 
to four, I think. And then the third ep- the third episode is up to present day before Renaissance and then the fourth episode is Renaissance. And I think to hear them get into the weeds of like her songwriting and how it's changed, how she's transitioned as an artist, I it's it's fascinating. Like I just yeah. I don't think anyone no one on this planet like you are fundamentally wrong if you say she's not an interesting artist or person and it, it goes mm-hmm. back to the thing of like you know people who are like I don't like Taylor Swift I don't like Beyonce I don't like the music I'm like that's fair enough or like I think we talked about it even with regards to like the Harry and Meghan stuff I'm not a royalist I don't follow anything to do with the lads in the castles right but there's something about Harry and Meghan because it's like they left and did things differently I do find that interesting because it's never been done or seen before and so much of Beyonce's career has been that. And like yeah. how, when you actually weed it out, like when you talk with the visual albums, she was the first to do that. Like there are a dime a dozen now, like the novelty is totally worn off with them. Like that was revolutionary when she did that. When she dropped the Beyonce self-titled, nobody was doing that before. She started that. You know what I mean? Like she's such a, she's yeah. such a trailblazer in, in that way. Do I like all of the music? No, but that's, again, that's just, like personal taste and I can rec- I can recognise that it's good but it's not something that I automatically reach for and I suppose Beyonce isn't that artist for me in the way you describe where it's like I would I would die for them I don't know if I really have that yeah. artist anymore I'm trying to think who would be that for me probably Fallout Boy but like, I'm not going to compare Fallout I'm Boy. not going to compare Beyonce to Fallout Boy like I know I know I know my uh, genre limitations you know yeah no I it's like, do I think she's a musical genius and a business bitch, like genius? Absolutely. Do I think like she's a one in a lifetime, once in a lifetime talent? Yes. Is everything she does incredible? Yes. But would I spend my life savings to go and sit on the stage near her? No. Like, it's at the end of the day, you're still just going to go home in two hours later. Do you know what I mean? Do you know, Breed, I do think you say that, but I actually feel like if you went, it'd be one of those things where you'd go home and you'd have an absolute hyperfixation about it. Oh yeah, no, I would. Cause, yeah, because I love, I love a bandwagon, but like it's, it's just I cannot, I can't justify the money. Like, do you think it's just, do you think it's spending on it? The fandom, though, which is actually something I don't know for how much we're going to be able to cover it in this episode, but like the beehive. Do you think it's that? Because yeah. there's part of me that just thinks, not speaking for all of them, and I think this is a why this is a wider criticism of fandoms at large. I don't think this is a problem that's exclusive. To the beehive, it's certainly not like look at Swifties, look at like, I don't just know. say it. Who? Just say what at your point. As in, like, I think, do they kind of inflate the conversation around her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I just, like, there are people we know who have always been like, I, like, and even on my Instagram, like, oh my God, Taylor, anything, not Taylor, anything Beyonce does, they're like sharing it and being like, I, I can't believe this, I want to die, like, this is amazing. And I just, cannot get my head around being that fixated on a celebrity at this stage of my life not to say I haven't been like that before because I absolutely have but I just the like even at my height like I was obsessed with like several celebrities back in the day I don't think I would have ever spent the money to go and be just in their vicinity I know, but even okay, like, but you're not just paying for that. You're paying for the music. You're paying for the and visuals. music. No, yeah, you're paying no, for I the get choreography. Pay like, you're and pay I, you're a couple paying for like that community and, and experience, experience. That I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that I could justify the money either. I got extremely. I did try to get tickets, but I tried far too late, and I tried for that 
Sweden gig, which I didn't realise was the opening night. So it was like, there was no chance of that ever happening. And I couldn't figure out the Swedish currency, the Krona. I was like, what the fuck? It was like, and it was because there were only like the V, 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 VIP packages left or whatever. So they were already, they were like hundreds of euro, whatever that is in Krona. And I was like, right, this is too confusing. I'm going to sack it off. But then, like, okay, I find it hard to justify it. But looking at some of the footage from people who paid to be on, like, the seats that are, like, practically on the stage or who were in Club Renaissance. I think that was, like, another section that was, like, pretty much directly in front. Like, the view is just so good. If you compare to other people's footage and they're, like, up Mm. in the nosebleeds, I'm, like... Yeah. Especially for, like, a -a once-in-a-lifetime artist like Beyonce. There's a part, like... Yeah. I I don't know. I could... I could be tempted. I understand why people did it, especially as well, because concerts have changed so much post pandemic and people are just so fucking, do you know what I mean? Like concert etiquette is kind of gone a bit out the window. Like, so you want to make sure like, if you're going to be there, you're going to be able to see and be hear her. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. then you don't want that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm trying to think of an equivalent for me that would entice me to do it and go, even like leave the country to go see someone and I just can't. Maybe it's just me right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot going on, you know. <laughs> yeah, it'd, take, it'd have to take like something really big to send me out of the country for what? a concert. Yeah, I'm trying to think, what would be? Would you go abroad for Taylor Swift? If Taylor Swift announces an EU tour, which she doesn't announce Ireland, which could be very possible, would you go? No, because I've seen her before and I'm like, what's... Like- but this is a three-hour show and it's all her music. Yeah. I, I, I would. Maybe, maybe, maybe at a different point in my life, yes. Right now, Beyonce, no, I just can't see it. But like in maybe a year or two years, when Taylor Swift starts to become like... Well, no, she already... I don't know. I just don't know. Interesting. Very, very Interesting. Would you go to see uh, Destiny's Child if they ever got back together? Yes. Okay. It's completely they, contradictory, but... But not abroad. Not abroad. Not abroad. No. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Talk. Who am I going abroad? I went abroad for All Time Low. Yeah. But that, Mark in, got that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were, play, they were playing Dublin like four months later, or six months later, and we went to London. I'm trying to think what I, what I have gone abroad for. I went abroad for Tuvalu because I couldn't make the... You went to one with your mom in Germany. No, that wasn't. Mm, no, that was. You went that, with guess, Kerry to Germany. That was. And that then you was went with your mom. That was Fallout Boy in Birmingham mm-hmm. because they didn't when on the comeback tour they didn't announce a Dublin date. They haven't announced a Dublin date here again. Uh, me and Ashling O'Reilly, shout out Doctor Ashling, went to Ben Howard in Germany. And oh yeah. A very different concert experience being. Mainland Europe, I will say, would not recommend. Have you seen the videos of Beyonce in Sweden and like the crowd are just like sitting there like golf clapping? Like, yeah, some of the, vid- the some of the videos I saw on TikTok, I was like, like yeah, the, the silence was deafening. But I'm also from the point of okay, let's go back to the argument about you've spent all that money and you're not going to clap, you're not going to hoot and holler, yeah, like that, yeah. She's and there's a there's a. I have no proof of this, but there seems to be an overarching conversation with people who've went that it kind of feels like a goodbye tour or at least not a, maybe not a full goodbye tour, but at least she's going to take like another break after this. 
And I'm just okay. kind of like, if that is the case, I I would be up on someone's shoulders. I would be, yeah, you know. But they just. You but then to, I'm just you like, is, cry it, a little bit. is it just because we're mad? You know what I mean? There is the other end of the spectrum as well, where you can be a, you can be a bit too boisterous, like. Yeah, it just. Uh, someone was saying on the drunk. TikTok where it's like, I totally understand when bands or whatever come and say, oh, we love playing Dublin. Dublin are the wildest or like the best crowds we have every time. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you say that everywhere you go. But then you see videos of like this or like you were saying, Ben Howard and wherever. And then like the crowds in Sweden and stuff. And it's just like, maybe we are just like a bit just tapped. Mm. Apparently, there's a bit of music and a bit of drink. Apparently she didn't, Beyonce didn't add their, a tour date here because... Of the cost. Apparently it's too expensive to hold a gig here now. That's, and like, same with Madonna. There are rumours that a Taylor date is imminent, but like, Wasn't Taylor Swift, the, the whole thing the last time with Taylor was that she lost money playing Ireland because she had to ship all her equipment from the UK to Dublin and then back and it was like, and then didn't end up selling out and like it, the whole cost of it ended up like way exceeding like the, what she made from actually playing here. I didn't, I didn't hear that, but that sounds, it actually sounds vaguely familiar now that you say it, but like she, I would imagine she lost money just based on the whole debacle with the tickets. But the thing is, if she, we've talked about this already, if she came back and did Crow Park tomorrow, she would sell it out, is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and like those people don't need to make money off tours. Well, yeah, they do, but like these are also people who enjoy making money and it's probably their most like profitable Touring is where you make the money, like, because it's like merch. Yeah. You know, so then it's a thing of like, okay, what if I just skip here and no people will travel? You know what I mean? Like, I can, I do get it from their perspective. Americans Americans think like in Europe, Europe is just all the one place. Yeah. That's a massive generalization, but like, that's how it's referred to in like TV and stuff where they're just like, oh yeah, we're going to play Europe and like, that could be fucking Prague and the people from Dublin can just go to Prague. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's all Europe. It's like playing one place in America and expecting people to travel. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more dates to come. It doesn't seem likely, but uh, we'll see. So, did you know that Destiny's Child wasn't always called Destiny's Child? No. They were originally called uh, Girls, Girls Time with a Y. That's the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah, not right. Destiny's Child uh, was a lot better. Girls Time. Girls Time. Girls Time. On that note, did you know the Beehive used to be referred to as the uh, Beyontourage? And then they had like <gasps> made petitions and all to change it. Okay, the Beyontourage. That, that was fair though. Like Beyontourage doesn't work. No. I can't. I can't believe that. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that either. That's guys. Um, so it was an original quartet. So it was Beyonce. Kelly Rowland, Lativia uh, Robertson, and Latoya Luckett. Uh, formed in 1990 in Houston, Texas. They got signed to Columbia Records in 1997 and kind of got their mainstream recognition from uh, No, No, No. Uh, and their best-selling second album, The Writings on the Wall, which was released in 1999. And they that album had the singles Bills, 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 Say My Name, one of the best songs of all time. Uh but despite all the success, they had a lot of shit going on in between them. Sorry, go back there to those names you said. Was there a different lineup to Kelly and Michelle? Yes. So Michelle isn't oh. even in in the group at this point. Like Michelle is oh, a twinkling god. Sugar babes scenario. A, a twinkling god's pocket, right? So there was a lot of internal conflict with the band, legal turmoil. They were trying to split up from 
uh, the manager, uh, the two girls I just mentioned there, Lativia and Latoya. Matthew Knowles was managing them at the time. Does that name sound familiar? It's Beyonce's dad. Uh, they mm. said he favoured, like, there was favouritism towards Beyonce and Kelly, and I think they kind of felt a bit le- left out, right? So then in early 2000, they were replaced with uh, Michelle Williams, as you just mentioned, and Farah Franklin. But then after a few months, Farah left, quit the group, and then we got their third album, uh, Survivor, which again, obviously has the title track, Survivor. Wouldn't you be sick if you were, you left the group just before they got famous? Yeah. Sickened, like. Farrah Franklin is sitting on a pub stool somewhere now <laughs> being like, that that was going to be me, but like, I just, just didn't want it. Your Google watch she's up to there and I'll carry on. Yeah. Um, this is mirroring, have you seen Dreamgirls? Because this is literally the plot. No, I actually well. haven't, but I'd like you to talk about that uh, later on if you would. Um... <laughs> I should. I really should have. It's just escape. Like again, I've seen clips and like I know that it's a bit. It's supposed to be based on Diana Ross, but like what you're saying now is pretty much the same kind of like girl band people dropping out, people coming favoritism. And again, it kind of imitated real life because this is the only thing I do know. Like Jennifer Hudson got like all the shine. Like Jennifer Hudson was like the yeah. breakout from it when it, I think everyone assumed it would be Beyonce. Yeah, um, but anyway, they're both they're both successful women in their own right. Um, we also got hits like Independent Women uh, and Bootylicious from Survivor. Uh, they went on hiatus then in 2001 to pursue their own kind of solo careers. And then they reunited two years later for their fifth and final studio album, Destiny Fulfilled, which has Lose My Breath, Soldier. Uh, and obviously they reunited for uh, Beyonce's uh, Super Bowl halftime show and at the 2018 Coachella Festival. Sold more than 60 million records. But that was as of 2013, so they've definitely sold many, 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 many more. Uh, and they've only won two Grammys despite being nominated 14 times. They won for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group of Vocals and once for Best R&B Song. Um, something I also didn't realise about this as well, she was actually the first, or the last rather, I should say, to release a solo album. I kind of assumed, I don't, and I don't know why I assumed this, don't ask me, but because she's the most successful out of the three of them now, not to be hateful, that's just a fact, I had assumed she was like the first and the breakout, but like sometimes being yeah. first isn't always the best thing. The other two in. girls obviously went first and then she held back for whatever reason, I'm sure multitude of reasons. And now she's the household name, you know what I mean? Yeah, they were probably trying to get out ahead of her, but she's just, she is just the talent, isn't she? Like, I'm trying to think of what other bands, like who went how, first from One Direction? This is what I was thinking. This- I actually think it was either Liam or it was Niall. But I actually kind of think yeah, it was Nile. And Nile's done okay. Nile's done okay. They've all kind of done okay, in fairness, like better, compared to Destiny's Child. Mm, yeah. Farrah Franklin, by the way, is still in the music industry. She's like a singer, actor, producer. She's still like tipping away, doing bits, but like nothing I would recognise. Good for her. Good for her. Sorry, I'm just trying to look up who... Uh, she did all right. Who went first? I well, sorry, if you're going to be... Was it not stripped that down for me? If you're going to be technical, it was Zane. Because oh, yeah. he left. But then after that, I'm pretty sure it was... By May 2017, all members of the group had released solo singles. I think it was Liam. Or, sorry, I think it was Niall. You you say Niall. You say Liam, I say Niall. I say Liam, yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. Let's call um, the whole thing off. We will. One day we will have an episode where we don't reference One Direction. Never. Yeah, see, I think it was this town. 
Because the whole world don't make that it was crap. Okay, yeah, terrible. But he he came back. Slow hands, slapper, slapper and a banger. Ruth ex- Anne wrote slow hands. I'm excited for the new album, but again, I feel like that first single hasn't really gone anywhere. Could we? We could probably do a whole episode on Nile Horan. We probably could. Actually, reminds me for anyone who is like in, again interested in music or whatever, and like One Direction. There is a podcast called Every Single Album Ever, right? And they do every single album ever by a certain awesome. number of artists. So they did One Direction and they did all, obviously all their albums and they did all the solo careers and they did one, they did a series on Taylor as well. And they recently had, it was a mailbag episode, but I think they had Niall on as an interviewee to talk, obviously because he's on the promo trail for the new album, the show. Um, so if anyone wants to go listen to that, I will say the host's, can be like very painfully earnest in a way that is sometimes re- cringy. And what do you they, mean? like, you have to listen to under, like, sometimes it just feels a bit. Uh, yeah, kind of. And especially like, there is something about, they kind of, I don't want to say they act like that because there's a part of me that actually thinks they're just like really enthusiastic and again, not painful, but like a little bit American. And even when they're interviewing Niall about it and they're like, they're asking about all these like One Direction B-sides and they're asking like why certain songs didn't make it onto certain One Direction albums. And he's like, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's just like... Yeah, he did not make those decisions. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's... Anyway, for the most part, it's good, but some of it you might just have to like... You might have to like fast forward a couple of because sometimes it is just a bit like, look, kind of sets your teeth on edge. But, and that interview is quite funny to listen to. Anyway, have you met Niall Horan? Have I met Niall Horan? No. Yeah. And I tell you what, I was invited to that fucking fan experiencing that he did in Dublin recently where everyone fucking met him, seemingly, where he came out and he like sang yeah. his songs and work ones or something. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. I'm kind of devastated. And you just didn't go? Were you I wa- no, I wasn't around. I think it was like I was, I think it was in Croatia. Hmm. First world oh, well. problems. Anyway, them next time. That was Destiny's Child. As I said, she <laughs> was then the first to come out with her debut solo album, Dangerously in Love. Uh, her first actually Class. solo recording was prior to that, and it was a feature on Jay Z song, uh, Zero Three Bonnie and Clyde, her now husband. Only peaked at number four. But again, when you think about that song, I only think only. about Beyonce. I don't think about Jay Z. Yeah. Can you sing a bit? I don't really know what I've shot my Down head. Down the ride to the very end It's me and my boyfriend Me and my boyfriend All I need yeah. in this life is synth This is the Jay-Z part It's me and my girlfriend Me and my girlfriend They kind of sound the same actually in hindsight. Um, Not Beyonce and Jay-Z My impressions of them um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realise that she did this like uh, Solo concert To premiere songs off Dangerously in Love And it was a it was a pay-per-view. Oh no, sorry. She did a solo concert and she did this pay-per-view television special, which is gas because like you'd never hear that anymore and you only ever hear it for like boxing matches. Um, and it was Beyonce Knowles, Friends and Family, Life from Ford's 100th anniversary celebration in Dearborn, Michigan. Like Ford's Bond, like iconic. This is an yeah. overarching theme, I will say, is Beyonce the has the same, not, okay, not necessarily the Spawn, but like we, when we did the Ed Sheeran episode, we criticised Ed Sheeran for being like very commercially money focused or maybe not criticize we just point out that's a fact and I think Beyonce is the exact same but her impact on culture is more significant like the output is better you know yeah she really made the Nintendo DS what it is (laughs) she did I'm gonna put that on Instagram it's her doing the spawn for I thought it was brain training when I was thinking back to it but it's Rhythm Nation and she's yeah. like popping away. And then I was like, is this where you got the inspiration for the Coachella set? Like, see all the... But if you watch... I watched that documentary... Um, Life is but a dream. What's, 
life is but a dream and she's sitting on a couch like being interviewed by the producer on like this cream couch with like really like brightly lit background and it's looks I was like this is exactly where they shop the brain not the brain training the Nintendo DS ad it's the exact same setup they did I was it. like how they did it all one day, say 100%. This? Yeah, they just, yeah. like, they were like, right. Or Nintendo DS were like, like, whoever the client, they were like, can the client, like, just please, like, please, just please get the footage over. Like, we'll take anything at this point. And they were filming the documentary as they were doing it. So they were like, mm, okay, here you go. Okay, you can have this. Here's a 30 second clip. Um, I love Dangerously in Love. Again, when you think about there's a moment from each Beyonce era, again, whether you like the music or not, that's like so iconic and an overused word, mm. but it's like imprinted in culture and has impacted culture. If you think like the album cover with this, this sparkly top, or you yeah. think the crazy in love video, the white tank top, the denim shorts, the straight hair, like it's, it's a singular, yeah. like if you went wearing either of those things to a party, feasibly, I would say 75% of people in, at the party would get it. Depends on the party, I suppose. But if you're going to like a celebrity, you're dressing up as a celebrity. If you went in either of those outfits, solo effort, people would immediately go, Beyonce, Dangerously in Love, Crazy in Love. People would get yeah. it, like. You agree? Even Crazy in Love is one of those songs that no matter where it comes on or when it comes on, people just lose their minds. It's like Mr. Brightside for like girls. It's like Mr. Brightside, but also like, like goat. In, do you know what I mean? I, I do like Mr. Brightside, but... I think in like Mr. Brightside now lives exists in its own girls. kind of world as like a novelty hit, but like yeah. Crazy Love hasn't. Do you know what? I, well, I, I as I watched Homecoming and she's doing like some of the older songs, she opens with Crazy Love. That does not sound dated at all, and it came out at the start of the last, not century. even the last decade, not century either. By what's your concept of time? Century is a hundred years. Well, millennium. It did come out at the start of the millennium. It came out like 2020. Yeah, I know, we're only 20 years away. Oh, I can't even say that. Yeah, but that's... that's, that's anyway, yeah, time. like something that came out at the start of the millennium and it does not sound aged at all in a way that a lot of modern pop music, I think, will sound like absolute fucking plinky plonky trash when the musicologists yeah. listen to it in 10 years. They're going to be like, what is this Acon. garbage? Okay, not Akon. What are you... <laughs> Akon to now. Like Akon's music now is just not good. <laughs> Says who? Akon's music from then now is not like, it's. it sounds dated, is what I mean. And it would have been on the same, like, now fucking 45 as... Okay, but which Akon song? I think there's arguments we made for... I think, Miss, I think Mr. Lonely doesn't really, has, has not aged well. Yeah. No, what's the other one? I think the song in Eminem still timeless. If that came on the club... Who, who does Danny Dancer Bonanza? Muse, he does. Yeah, that hey, one then. ladies, drop it down. I don't know if that's aged yeah. badly, but it's just not like, I don't think it's as much of a slapper as the others. It's not a good song now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Um, what are his other songs? He can Let me Google it. I don't think his feature on Lady Gaga's Just Dance with Colby Adonis has aged badly, do you? Don't matter. That's kind of aged. That's very like, that's so naughties. Nobody wanna see us together. The, the kids on TikTok are lo- loving that now. I'd say, like a real slow down, high high pitched version. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, smack this is not, this is not the yeah. Smack that has not aged, in my opinion. Smack that. <laughs> is it? Is it? Smack like, that has aged. No. Twin. Okay. No, but like I think it's what like he's talking about. Jeans. Uh, yeah, but that low, it's like that whole era of music when you hear it, you're going, yeah, that's the early 2000s. It, 
crazy oh, enough doesn't fit into I the feel, same. I feel like I'm not going to win this. I'm not saying, of course, they're not even in the same bracket, but I'm just, I'm not having this argument with you, okay? This isn't the okay. alien episode. This isn't the fluoride episode. God forbid when we ever do them. Usher? Anyway. Uh, Is Kim Kardashian going out with Usher? <laughs> we need to, one topic at a time, okay? And I would, I don't think so. I'm going to say no. Okay. Apparently she's a bit top ready. Anyway, have we done a Kim Kardashian episode? No, we, we did, did the car. We did not. keeping up with the Kardashians, did didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I actually I don't, know, that's I don't too find the Tom Brady thing either. Yeah, I don't know. It's all lies. Anyway, Dangerously in Love uh, sold three hundred seventy thousand copies in its first week, uh, which is pretty much unheard Deserved. of. And it sold in the millions of copies. I, I have eleven million here, but it's probably more since. Uh, lead single Crazy in Love I already mentioned her first number one solo single as a solo artist single baby boy also reached number one and then you the singles Me, Myself and I and Naughty Girl both reached number five uh, or both went to the top five I should say and then her second solo album was B-Day which was released September 4th 2006 uh, to coincide with her 25th birthday and it sold Jesus Christ 541,000 copies in its first week obviously went to number oh, one the age 25 uh, like sick went to number one on the Billboard Top 200, of course. Uh, didn't realise Deja Vu was the first single. I always thought I thought there was a different lead single, but there wasn't, obviously. Reached the top five. And then there was a second international single, Irreplaceable. This did very well. Most places, I Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, US. And then there were three other singles, Ring the Alarm, uh, Get Me Bodied and Green Light. But I didn't realise Green Light was actually only released Get the green this, this side of the world. Oh, what do you mean? So there you go. Wasn't released in the States. As a single, like. Why? They know That's it as a crazy. song, obviously, but it wasn't released as a single. Uh, around this time as well, she started acting. Uh, her first acting role uh, was in, or sorry, she actually did act before this. She was in Carmen, the hip opera, but this was her first kind of big breakout role. Uh, 2006, The Pink Panther. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, yeah. I saw it at the time, but I haven't seen it since. Steve that's, Martin, isn't that's it? That's one for Movie Club, I think. We should add that to the list at some point. Steve I would Martin, do yeah. exclusively Steve Martin movies for Movie Club for the rest of oh, my Oh, we life. should. We should do a Steve Martin series. Yeah, we did Zac Efron once or something, didn't we? No, mm-hmm. maybe that was just in the house. Me and the girls did like a Zac Efron-a-thon or something. But I thought that was me and you and it wasn't. It was when I lived with the girls and we watched only Zac Efron movies. And yeah, then no, when we had Nora, we watched only Adam Sandler. And now I want to do it with Steve Martin. Good idea. Let's do it. Um, that film grossed $158.8 million at the box office. And then her second film, her like kind of big film role, Dream Girls, the film version of the 1981 Broadway musical, loosely based on the Supremes, as you mentioned, Diana Ross, received acclaim from critics and grossed $154 million internationally. She started opposite Jennifer Hudson, uh, Jamie Foxx, Eddie Murphy. The cast. Yeah. Uh, and to promote the film, Beyonce released Listen as the lead singer from the soundtrack album. I have never seen Dream Girls. I know it's really bad. Tell me about it. Does it hold up? Watch have it. you seen it recently? Um, I've definitely watched it in the, like the last couple of years. I would say you need to watch it like today. We should do that for Movie Club. Okay, no, maybe not because all the Beyonce stuff is going to be gone. But it's it's actually a bit dark and it's long. But it's so the music is so good. The other actress in it plays. She's from Princess and the Frog. What's her name? Anika Noni Rose. Yes. Yeah. She's class. They're all like the cast is just like, and Danny Glover, like just everyone is just like a huge name. Um, it's basically based on like the formation of the Supreme, like the Dream Girls or whatever. And then they have like their original lineup. And then there's kind of favoritism with Beyonce 
uh, Beyonce's character and like the manager producer guy who's played by Jamie Lee Jamie Foxx not Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis <laughs> you're thinking of, you're it. thinking of Freaky Friday no his name in it is Curtis I think that's why I'm getting confused um, the minute Nora came that, out of you she just went to her brain and went it looks like spaghetti bolognese in there she's a She's like married to him and then he starts having an affair with uh, Jennifer oh. Hudson's character. Not who is actor. So she, and then she ends up getting pregnant by him and no one wants anything to do with her, but they don't realise she's pregnant. She goes off and then they carry on and the band gets really successful and she's like struggling and it's, it's so good. And then the other, okay, the like, third girl gets with Eddie Murphy's character who's supposed to be like, um, what the fuck's his name? James Brown, I think it might be. He's based on someone like that. Potentially. And he's like, it's it's just, he's class in it. Um, you just have to watch it. I can't sell it enough. It is a bit dark and sad, but the music, I had the soundtrack in my car that whole summer it came out and it's, it slaps. I will watch it. I will. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. She then went on tour, the Beyonce Experience, her first worldwide concert tour, grows over $24 million. Um, what comes up, I found through any research on this, is that she is very, like, quietly philanthropic and, like, charitable in a way that, like, I kind of want from all celebrities. I don't want to be shoved in their face. Of me, it's like, I don't, well, no, it's not about being shoved in their face, but it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to see them like using it as like a promotional tool for themselves. I want to hear about it quite, yeah. like I ne- like I never knew this. So on this tour, um, she did like pre-concert food donation drives during six stops, which is obviously very nice. And again, it's kind of a pattern for her that comes up throughout her career. Uh, around this time then, you're talking uh, mid-2007, B-Day was re-released with five additional songs, including her duet with who? Jay-Z? Beyonce, no. Beyonce, Shakira, oh, Shakira, Shakira. Beautiful air. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Then that we had funny. I Am Sasha Fierce released in November 2008. Talk and to me about Sasha Fierce, because this is actually a question I had when I was like doing research earlier. What Explain to me this whole concept of Sasha Fierce. Who Look, is Sasha Fierce and what does it mean? I'm going to be honest. I think the Beehive generally recognised that I Am Sasha Fierce is probably while one of her most commercially successful albums, critically and like art-wise, not her best. Like very Mm. singular, very like 
very surface level, like very kind of aiming for hit in a way that's kind of unashamed. Um, and that whole thing is tied into like she, so she built this alter, alter ego for this, excuse me, for this album. So the album is split into two, I Am, Ellipsis, Sasha Fierce. So the I Am songs are like Beyonce, like who she actually is, her being mm-hmm. vulnerable, putting herself out there. And then Sasha Fierce is like single ladies, the glove, you know, the the video phone kind of persona with the glasses and like the diva persona, that kind of thing, right? But it's all very shallow in a way, but like yeah. very stylistic, but like none of it actually means anything really, I would say. Yeah, and video phone. And it's funny whatever. because I actually loved this album at the time, but now that I've had a bit of time past it, I'm like, it's fu- like, it's not... In some ways, I actually think this album has aged really badly. I think this is like epitome of like end of noughties music. Yeah, it just screams MTV, doesn't it? Like radio, I don't know if you remember that song from this album. I remember I loved it at the time and now I'm like... Now, there are some good songs I like. I like Scared or Lonely and Disappear is a good song. Uh, I love All Five Maria. <laughs> I did... I think I I've said this before. That. I did the Beyonce cover of Ave Maria at a family funeral, and I really feel like someone should have like intervened at that point. You know what I mean? No, it's nice. I don't know. Is it? I like Is, it. Was that really the opportunity to serve? You know, is that really the opportunity serve Beyonce? Yeah. <laughs> In Cove Cathedral, yeah, I'm not, not sure, but anyway. Um, as I said, like wildly, wildly successful record. Uh, 480,000 copies in its first week. The reviews all were mediocre. Her third consecutive number one album in the US. Single Ladies put a ring on it went number one. If I Were a Boy and Halo only went uh, top five in the US. I don't mm. think, like, what do you think of Halo? Let's be, this is a safe space. What do you think of Halo? Every time I sing Halo in my head and I'm going to get absolutely slammed for this or people will probably see it coming, I hear the... Glee mashup. It's like Halo and Halo walking and on sunshine when they're all walking on sunshine. When they're all yipped on the maze. in the yellow. Yeah, and they're all in the yellow. Oh my god, that's so good. Okay, we're gonna move <laughs> uh, really swiftly along from that. Um, but again, this is the point that I'm making. That she defined that moment in culture because, like, she created TikTok for TikTok was a thing. Everyone was doing the single ladies dance again. Yeah. If you'd, like. Is it the most current reference? No, but if you dressed up as single ladies Beyonce, you go to a Halloween party, everyone gets it. Everyone gets yeah. it. Um, just cannot be like underestimated, Matched. I would say. Uh, around this time though, this was the infamous uh, MTV Video Music Awards. She nominated for nine awards and uh, she won three. But she didn't win best female video category. Who did? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. And who interrupted oh, yeah. her? Kanye West. We don't need to talk about that. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Not yeah, good. We talked about it in the Taylor episode. Uh, Beyonce obviously invited Taylor up and she got to redo her speech, whatever. Uh, around this time then, she also did uh, the 2008 musical biopic Cadillac Records where she started as Etta James. Have you seen that? No, I only saw it today when I was like looking up her filmography and it sounds like very similar to Dreamgirls in the era and like the whole Cadillac thing is like very Dreamgirls as well. But again, like very similar. Her entire salary for this movie, right? She donated to Phoenix House, which is an organization of rehabilitation centers for heroin addicts in the US, which is like, 
you know what I mean? As much as I do, like, I think she's commercially minded, but I do think, I think she, I think she's very conscious of her fan base and her responsibility and her power to a degree. Yeah. And I and I think definitely at this point, I think later on, I think there's questions to be put around whether she went with the money more than like her morals, you know, but we'll talk about that later on. So she did that, very critically acclaimed. 2011, she became the first solo female artist headline the main pyramid stage, uh, which is just in over 20 years, which like is bad, like uh, great for her, bad on the festival to be like, you know, and it's kind of the same shit again, I think with Glastonbury where like the lineup is very, very male and very boring. But anyway, then she released uh, her first new album four. So this was uh, June 2011. This is her favourite number. Her Is her favourite number? Potentially, yeah, there you go. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, commercially, not as good. 310,000 copies in its first week. Did go to number one. So her fourth consecutive number one album. Uh, two say, or big singles, Run the World in brackets, girls, best thing I never had. Uh, Love on Top, obviously iconic, and also other great. Is Party, that End of Time? Countdown, I Care, End of Time, End, yeah, end of Time. End is of Time. One. Yeah. It's my favourite. Your favourite Beyonce song? Yeah, it's what's up there. Like, I, I do really like I Care and I really like Countdown. Yeah. I like Countdown. Love on Top and End of Time. I think this is my era that I really liked Beyonce. I don't, I don't love Love on Top, but distance. I love the VMA performance that she did where she revealed she's pregnant. Like that's such a, that again, is like emblazoned in my brain. Again. Yeah, exactly. One of the, where she turns around and it's like, the like, nobody does it like her. No one's done it like her. You know what I mean? It's, she's yeah. a, she's a, she creates culture around her, which I'm obsessed with. Anyway, yeah, with, she did Without that. even seeming like she's trying. Yeah. Uh, her report, her appearance. What the hell did I say there? It became the most watched MTV, most most watched broadcast in MTV history, pulling in twelve point four million viewers. And the announcement was listed in Guinness World Records for most tweets per second recorded for a single event on Twitter, receiving eight thousand eight hundred and sixty eight tweets per second. Jesus. She carried that on with her Super Bowl halftime show uh, in New Orleans, and that performance stands as the second most tweeted moment in history uh, at two thousand six hundred eighty thousand wow. tweets. Per minute. Is that because of the like gravity of those two things or is it because of the fans? I think it's a bit of both. I actually, like, I think it's the gravity more so. I do think it's the gravity more so. But do you think if like Taylor Swift came out and did like some, like announced a pregnancy the same way in the same kind of fashion and like pulled it off that the tweet, the tweets would, would follow or do you just think it's like the beehive? That are like no, okay. Well, I think on their laptops. No, I think that. Well, I think, but again, I think that goes back to fandoms. Like, I think, it, I think it's a different landscape as well. I don't think Twitter is anywhere near as impactful. But like, I guarantee, if Taylor announced a pregnancy tomorrow on Instagram, we'll say the the likes would be through the roof, and there would be hundreds of articles being like, "It's the most liked photo on Instagram of all time." Now. Yeah, or like, you know what I mean? Because it was the same when Beyonce announced she was pregnant with Rumi and Sir. With the flowers. Yeah, like that ended yeah. up being, or I'm not, it's, I don't think it's the most liked post at the time now because of that shit with the egg and Kylie Jenner and the egg wanting to get more likes than Kylie Jenner. But it definitely got like a crazy amount of likes in a very short period of time. Yeah. Do you remember as part of the Super Bowl halftime show, uh, she kind of became a meme out of it because of like certain, uh, like 
poses she struck. No. Or it wasn't like poses she struck, but it was like photos people got of her while she was dancing. But like basically, they they could be interpreted as slightly unflattering, right? She's Beyonce. She never looks unflattering, right? But people basically made memes of it. And essentially, uh, I think BuzzFeed ran a story on it. And then Beyonce's publicist, like they tried, they tried to remove them from the internet, essentially. So I have the BuzzFeed article here. That's the, crazy. The unflattering photos Beyonce's published, publicist doesn't want you to see. After Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime show, we posted this piece about how fair she was. Then this email came in. This email came in. In what world are these shots unflattering? So this is the email. Thanks for taking my call. This is Beyonce's publicist at the time. As discussed, there are some unflattering photos on your current feed that we are respectfully asking you to change. I'm certain you will be able to find some better photos. The worst, and then it's linked to the article. The worst start, number five, six, 10, 11, 12, 19, and 22. Thank you very much, Yvette. Yeah, it's just like, it's not nice. It's just people trying to tear her down, isn't it? Like, because she never, she's always so perfect and put together looking. The people are like, let's take this ugly picture of her and run with it because she's well, just too Yeah, look, this looking. is the thing. As much as I think it's like, it's a bit much to be like, and you're kind of Barbara Streisand affecting it, to be like, asking for them to be taken down. You're just going to get people seeking them out more. But I sp- yeah. like BuzzFeed are trying to be like, we, this article was about how fierce she was. And it's like, no, it wasn't. No, no it wasn't. you can, you can try and dress it up as much as you want, but that's not like, yeah. it was very much like, ha ha, lol. She's like, she looks so fierce. Uh, like it's, and it's to try and kind of take her down a peg. And it's like, no, the article's yeah. still up, which is gas. It's the 33 fiercest moments from Beyonce's halftime show. Uh, Lauren Yapelliter. But they're just all like unflattering pictures. They're, no, like, sorry. Not all them. Not all of them are. But like some of them are definitively like. Yeah, she can't win. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Probably still one of the best Super Bowls of all time, I would say. Uh, and then she ended up coming back later to help Coldplay, I think, wasn't it? Or playing Bruno. Yeah. Uh, do you remember where you were in 2013 when she unexpectedly released her self-titled fifth studio album, Beyonce? No. I remember this being like a big deal in my head. And I just, again... We were just starting college, were we? We were, Even yeah. Start? We would have just been finished semester one. So this came out like okay. out of nowhere uh, on the iTunes store without any prior announcement or promotion. Went to number one and the Billboard chart, which is, again, kind of unheard of, her fifth consecutive number one in the US, the first woman in the chart's history to have her first five studio albums debut at number one. Wow. Critical acclaim, commercial success, uh, one million digital copies worldwide in six days. Like, she she did, like, she did the thing with that. She revolutionised just how we release things. Because even if you think of, like, people have done it since, right? Drake's done it, whatever, Taylor did it, but Taylor gave everyone like a day's notice. Beyonce just plonked this on the internet and was like, have at it. And then it helped that the album was like really fucking good. And it was also the first visual album. So what that means is every song has a music video with it. Wow. How do they keep that under wraps? I don't know. That's the thing. I feel like it would never happen now because even Renaissance leaked, I remember when it was released. Um, And people were listening to I don't remember any of this album. I remember... Drunken Love. Drunken Love. And partition sounds familiar, but I don't know. I can't sing it for you now. Do you have a roll at the partition, please? 
No, now, again, what is there was some controversy. Right? There's a lyric in that that's like he Monica Lewinsky all over my gown. I think Monica Lewinsky came out and was like, I would like to be excluded from this narrative. Thank you very much. But there's part of me that's just like, that doesn't sound as good as he Bill Clinton all over my gown. You know what I mean? But yeah. still, imagine being very first time to be Monica Lewinsky being like, can we, can we maybe just not? Can we just let it go? Can, we, can you talk about your husband ejaculating, but maybe just don't include me in the conversation? Cool, thanks. Where right. does this fall around the whole... Um, Elevator. When did the elevator thing happen? When did the elevator thing happen? I'm really... That was probably around then, was it? No, actually not yet. So the elevator thing actually only happened in... uh... Or no, sorry, you're dead right. So, sorry. It just feels like a long time ago now. I had 2017 in my head, which is way too late. Okay, so 2013, she releases... uh... She releases Beyonce, right? It's the 2014 Met Gala, right? And there's surveillance footage leaked of herself, Solange and Jay-Z in an elevator getting into an argument. Uh, Beyonce's actually not involved in the argument. She's like witnessing it. But Solange is basically uh, like pelting Jay-Z, Attacking. right? Yeah. yeah. Yelling at the rapper, yelling at him, kicking him, hitting him. She, at one point, Beyonce does attempt to step in, right? But TMZ got the footage widely circul- circulated. So the story on that as of right now goes that... Solange had a run-in with designer Rachel Roy. Remember that name? It'll be important later. Uh, but the, the general consensus is that Solange was provoked by Rachel, according to these sources. Towards the end of the night, Jay-Z said something inappropriate to Beyonce and Solange, and she snapped. When they got in the elevator, it escalated quickly, the way family tensions can. It got exceptionally heated, the way family moments can. Solange is super protective of Beyonce. So then 10 days after that incident, they released a joint statement together, addressing it, which I completely forgot. I actually thought they never addressed it, but they did. They said, as a result of the public release of the elevator security footage from Monday, May 5th, there's been a great deal of speculation about what triggered the unfortunate uh, incident. But the most important thing is that our family has worked through it. Jay and Solange each assumed their share of responsibility for what has occurred. They both acknowledge their role in this private matter that has played out in the public. They both have apologised to each other and we have moved forward as a united family. There was reports, I'm... I've stopped quoting now, but like I think there were reports at the time that she was drunk or like was being a bit crazy and the statement also kind of ca- uh, cast that out. And none of them have spoken about it or they've kind of referred to it vaguely in interviews. Not Beyonce, but Solange and Jay-Z. Jay-Z's explicitly called it out uh, in his song Kill Jay-Z from his album 444. He, there's a lyric in it that's like, you egged Solange on, knowing all along, all you have to do with... All you had to say, you was wrong, but you got to do better, boy. You owe to blue. You had no father. You had the armor, but you got a daughter. Got to get softer. Um, So that's him kind of taking the blame. But like why Rachel Roy is relevant is... Is she Becky? Apparently. Well, I think she's come out and said no, or like there's been some talk around her. I don't think it's ever been confirmed who Becky with the good hair is. Becky with the good hair could be anyone. Um, But Becky with the good hair is obviously a lyric from Lemonade, which was her album after Beyonce and again kind of probably her most addressing the cheating yeah her most groundbreaking kind of work I'm not today because I think Renaissance kind of gives it a run for its money but she releases Formation in 2016 it's on title she performs it at the Super Bowl uh with I'm pretty sure it's Coldplay and it was a considered a controversial opinion because uh uh appearance I should say because it references seems to reference the 50th anniversary of the Black Panther Party and there was all this stuff with the NFL and Colin Kaepernick at this time and taking the knee and then she announces the Formation World Tour uh, and then a couple of months later she's this teaser clip for a project called Lemonade so she has the visual album which comes out on HBO 
same title and then Lemonade just goes and debuts at number one, obviously. The first act in Billboard history to have their first six studio albums debut atop the chart. Broke the record previously held by DMX uh, in 2013. All 12 tracks of Lemonade debuted on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, didn't end up winning Grammy for Album of the Year, which is widely contested. She's actually never won, which is a big controversy for her. And even Adele, when she won that year, went up and was like, Lemonade's more deserving, monumental album. Uh, mm. But yeah, Becky with Good Hair is referenced on Don't Play Yourself, I think, is the song. What do you think of Lemonade? That, I think I did listen to Lemonade from start to finish and I thought it was good, but it's still just not my... It's not like something I would have on repeat or like go back and listen to. And any of them? No, I don't think so. But like Formation? I'm just... I'm just like, Freedom? No. no. I don't, but I just, I'm just like a passive fan. What is your favourite Beyonce song? It's the old stuff. Like, honestly, it's like End of Time is up there. End of Time is a good song. It's the poppy much. ones. And these ones are le- less poppy, aren't they? They're more like... It's multi-genre, which I think is why it's kind of considered as groundbreaking yeah. as it is, because she covers so much. Yeah. Um, she played Coachella. Obviously, I've talked about Homecoming. You can still watch that on Netflix. Uh, that actually became the most tweeted uh, about performance, or sorry, it was the most tweeted about performance of that weekend, of weekend one. And it's the most watched live Coachella performance and the most, most watched live performance on YouTube of all time. Uh, yeah, I know people who literally will just put that on like regularly and just have it on in the background. Sorry, before I actually get into Renaissance and all that jazz, talk to me about Life is But a Dream because I've actually never watched this. I always thought Homecoming was our first documentary, but like Life is But a Dream came in 2013. Yeah, I Google. I was Googling to find, I think, Homecoming or like it's just some sort of Beyonce documentary and this one came up. I was like, oh, so I put it on and then like 10 minutes in, I was pretty sure I'd watched it when it came out. I think it was on Netflix back, like maybe not when it came out, but like in the years after. And it's kind of boring. I just, it's not that it's boring. It's just a lot happens in it and it's like kind of follows her miscarriage and getting pregnant with Blue and the like performances and the decisions around all that and it's like immediately after she cuts her dad off Mm. or maybe not immediately but it's like about her kind of taking over from her dad and like her realizing like why her dad was such a hard ass with all the decisions and like how he had to be and but like I don't really feel like I know who Beyonce is even having watched it it feels very like produced and that like I don't feel like we ever get to see Beyonce the person do you know what I mean how does it compare to other music documentaries or like those kind it's of just tour behind the scene kind of things yeah it's very distant like even just having seen most recently the Lewis Capaldi one like you're literally in his kitchen with his mom and dad like having a normal conversation whereas this is like she's on a couch like and there you can see the producer's head like in front of the camera who's like throwing stuff at her and like getting sound bites from her and it's just not as close and it's very like it's good and it's a not like a nice insight into like how she prepares like with choreography and like behind the scenes of the billboard awards and the vmas and stuff back in the back in those years and i don't know i just don't feel like i I learn anything about her coming out of it as a person do you know what i mean yeah like I, we know beyonce the performer and she's very talented and she's like incredibly clever with our decisions but like coming out of it like i don't know any more about her and who she is and what like I just think all the like vlogs and stuff that are on it. So she, they have her with a laptop, like making video vlogs, video vlogs. Mm. 
and I just feel her like not really ge- like but does she need genuine? to show us that side of it herself do you think not, well obviously not because she's like the biggest performer in the world and mm. people don't really care but I do okay, feel like it's it not that people don't like, care but it's just that she actually doesn't need, I don't think she it's asked of her anymore like, yeah. she doesn't need to yeah yeah I think Beyonce I fans would still away with that if she came out with something like tomorrow or actually did kind of if she did something like chicken shop date or something like that would be or a podcast yeah, yeah she's like, like that would podcast. send people fucking nuts it would send the beehive nuts it would send like the fair weather fans nuts but she doesn't need to doesn't want to I don't think she likes doing media and I also don't think she's like yeah. particularly good at it and I don't say that as a criticism some people just aren't that's not me saying like I could do any better I couldn't but you see because the examples of it. like she's on the red carpet at the Brits with Destiny's Child and I know she is like a child in that moment I'll give her that but where they're asking about the the hand, foot and mouth disease or not hand, foot and mouth. It's not hand, foot and mouth. What's the thing with the cows? What's the, the, the disease that the cows it's, get? It's just foot, foot and mouth. It is hand, foot and mouth, isn't it? Cow disease. Cow disease. Oh God, I'm not good with my diseases now. I think it is foot and mouth disease. Anyway. So you like to say foot in mouth. I think this is just foot and no, mouth. No, foot and mouth. Yeah, but I'll, I'll yeah. include the clip here from the red carpet interview. But even you remember back when like Alison Hammond would get her and Alison Hammond would bring the personality out of her. There's a part of me that mm. wonders, does she like sharing that kind of stuff? Or is at some point, was she like, actually, I'm way more powerful if I kind of pull back? Because you see, I've seen moments from this Renaissance tour where she's like, She's dressed in a bee outfit. Like, she's dressed fully as a bee. And, like, there's a whole section where she's reading the news and the news is called, like, cunty news. You know what I mean? Like, she's she's yeah. not... In some ways, she takes herself very, very seriously. She takes her artistry very, very seriously. But I actually don't think she takes herself that seriously, which I like. But I'm also kind of... It adds to the intrigue that she's not... That she doesn't give everything yeah. up in that way. You know what I mean? But then there are some ways which when I'm, like we come to renaissance and renaissance obviously out last year game changing like disco revival like dance floor pop again multi-genre album that's kind of all mixed into one uh like a record i've totally lost my train of thought one sec uh about her personality being sorry they have it yeah she hasn't released any like visuals with this and like apparently they've been filmed if you're listening you're to listen to sources and it, but again, it's kind of funny because as much as she hasn't needed to and the album speaks for itself and the tour's doing really well and the album has done really well, critically, commercially, there is this want from the audience where it's like, why won't you, we'd like to see a Give music video. You, you were the one who, but then it's also her, is it her trying to redefine the industry again where it's like, well, look, I've done several albums where I've given you like multiple visual albums and now I'm just, I'm not going to do anything. So what? But apparently that's not the case. Apparently it's been filmed. I wonder if it was something to do with, I think she'd originally signed like a three-part Netflix deal. So I'm wondering, was it something with Netflix fell through? Is it due mm. to be released? Is it not ready yet? It goes back to the thing of like, did the money not come through? So that's why she's not releasing it or she's holding it until she can get the money for it. Um, I don't know. But I suppose with Renaissance as well and it being like this, again, another celebration of like black culture, I suppose critically it's also like this uh, like celebration of you know uh, LGBTQ club culture and like ballroom culture and stuff like that but then obviously you saw that at the start of the year she performed a private show in Dubai 
Oh yeah. Which is like, that's where I'm kind of like, that's where the juxtaposition is for me. It's like, how can you perform somewhere like Dubai? She got so much money for it. I think there was rumours going around in terms of the figure. She got so much money for that show. It just seems a bit contradictory then when your whole album is like this tribute to her queer fan base and stuff like that. I don't know. And again, it's embodied in the, the fabric of the tour. There's just a bit of me that's just like, did you need that money? Why? Why did yeah. you do it? That's what I, I don't know. I was going to say, her image is so squeaky clean all the time. Like, is there ever a moment where people are like, oh, Beyonce, you shouldn't have done that? Or like, suppose, was that it? Again, with Renaissance, there's a song she co-wrote with Drake on it called Heated, right? And there were lyrics on it that were like, basically, the, again, it's a derogatory term for like, uh like cerebral palsy and people who kind of suffer with conditions such as that, right? The original lyrics included included that word, right? And she had to come out and kind of make a statement around that and there were issues around whether she borrowed a beat off Khalees with a permission and Khalees was very vocal in... Well, she she said it wasn't like directly at Beyonce, but it was more like Beyonce's team. Like, how did this not get past her or whatever? Like, they credited... It was Milkshake, right? And they credited the Neptunes who are the producers on it, but she wasn't credited on it, Khalees. So then Beyonce just ended up taking the taking that beat out of the song. It's the song Energy. Um, but like otherwise, no, like she's kind of Teflon in that way. Even the Dubai thing, like yeah. it's, it's forgotten for a lot of people, which I'm not sitting on, like anytime we talk about someone, it's like they're rarely perfect people and they often do like shitty things. I'm just like, there's you would just, think like in a span of a 20 year career, like being at the top of the game and like everyone in the world, like you're the most famous, one of the most famous women in the whole world. And there's literally not a blip like on her record. You know what I mean? When you compare to someone like Taylor and Taylor, have, like Taylor hasn't done. Taylor's just bouncing back constantly. I know, but like Taylor's, Taylor's had her fair share of like, my favourite phrase, foot and mouth situation where yeah. Beyonce hasn't and I'm just wondering is that also why she doesn't do media because it's like the quieter I am the less trouble I get in like and I don't yeah. and when I don't need to do it whereas and again She's that goes smarter. back to the thing where like I don't think Beyonce likes it whereas Taylor loves it Taylor loves yeah. it in a way that it's a bit masochistic yeah I don't yeah. know um, did you know her perfume line is the best selling I still have it perfume line of all time I still have it like a loser in my Yeesh. childhood bedroom and I refuse to throw it out because it is really good. I remember when she released it, that it was like, it was, uh, in my opinion, that was the last like mega superstar celebrities releasing perfumes moment. I know where Ariana Grande has done stuff since, but it hasn't had the impact on culture that like, like yeah. I remember because she did endorsements for other brands, other perfume brands before, but this was like her line, which was Heat. So it was Heat, Heat Rush, Heat Pulse, I think is the... Third one. Anyway, and then there was like a Mrs. Carter show, limited edition version. Anyway, there's six editions of each. It's the world's best-selling celebrity fragrance line with sales of over $400 million. And that's probably more since, to be honest. What about Britney, no? I no, had Britney. apparently it's her. I had Britney, Beyonce and Mariah Carey's one. Mariah's was not good. Oh, really? Good. I still, have, Mariah them. Smell I still like? have the bottles. Just not. It was kind of like had a butterfly on top. And it's like kind of an iridescent bottle. It was fine, but like the others were just like, oh my God, I want to eat this. But like hers was just a bit more like perfumey like a mm. mammy's perfume right anyway do you know um my friend in primary school i probably talked about this on the radio competitions episode <laughs> which is insane to say out loud but um she won like a competition on beat 102 103 to meet beyonce when she was like 11 and they like sent like on beat like a regional radio station 
they sent like a fucking limo to Gory to pick her up to bring her to meet Beyonce and get like a pictures and all with her and then I don't know there was fucking something else in the prize as well there you go and I remember her like she, she was out of school one day like out of school for it and everyone knew and everyone was texting her being like could you just get me like a little autograph and she was just like yeah 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 and she came back with nothing for anyone and I like we were all raging but now it's like of course she wasn't gonna go of and be like can you write like, this can Beyonce you write this the girl that I sit beside Beyonce wasn't like, emptying her handbag for her like no apparently she was very nice as far as I remember I be- I do think I, I think she's a good person she's a person that you'd want to believe is a good person you know do you think her and Jay-Z are legit in love? Yeah, or is it like actually, a couple, I do. like a, just like a good move? And you know why like, I think that is? It's from listening to that Pop Pantheon series. Because when you think of like the overarching themes of her music initially, it's all about like this insane, like all-encompassing monogamous love relationship, like wanting to be the wife, wanting to kind of perform in that gender role. It's why she's also been criticised and she's like, she's moved she's kind of often criticized about like feminism and stuff whatever and again I would argue that it's like we can't no one woman can be all things to all women and that longer we spend pointing fingers at each other when we should be pointing fingers at the men but anyway yeah. that's a, a total tangent I do honestly I think she's a big believer in like the monogamy. fundamentals of marriage monogamy family. family being a wife having that traditional role having it all in inverted commas yeah. so I think they absolutely, I, maybe there was a time where they fell out of love and she was, or, or I don't doubt there were times where she absolutely fucking hated him, but I think she prides herself on kind of also working through that patch of like alleged, but like pretty much confirmed infidelity from his side. Yeah. Could you ever yeah, see them I'd splitting up? Too. N- uh, no, if they haven't by now, probably not because... Like, if there was ever anything that was going to break you, yeah, it's probably that. And, like, it's not like she needs him anymore for her career. So if she was going to... If she, if it was just for, like, a relationship of, like, mutual... Like, you know, mutual benefits, that when he cheated on her, it was, like, a good time to be like, okay, bye. Now I, I have think, a reason to dump you. But now I think they genuinely just wanted, like, be together, you know? Yeah, but I think she also recognises that they're stronger together from a business perspective, too. Do you think? I, don't, I don't, think, don't think at this it, point it matters. Not, not in the sense that she feels like she needs him, but it's like another like side hustle for her in some ways. Like you had that, uh, the Carters album that they did, Everything is Love, and like the joint tours that they go on together. Like they're yeah. a brand in and of itself. You know what I mean? So I think there's yeah. a recognition from her part as well about that. But like... She was very young when they got together, like much younger than he was, which I think... She was like 18 and he was 30, I think. Yeah. Which is, it's what it is at this stage. I mean, what do we need to say, girls, you know, but whatever. Anyway, that that was the thing. That was the thing that certainly happened. Um, yeah. And like, at that point, yeah, you're like, you're in love, you know? So... Yeah. All I'm saying, like, Jay, like I know Jay-Z needs her more than she needs him, fundamentally. Like, she could split up with him tomorrow, but I don't think she wants to. Yeah. Where do you think, where do you see it going for Beyonce? Do you think she's going to be like, literally it's just on the circuit now for her whole life, doing these like tours every few years and dropping albums and stuff? Or do you think she's going to like, maybe like just pack it up one day and... See, the thing with Renaissance is it was packaged as act one. And then the rumours, which potentially I started or someone else told me and then I continued (laughs) to start, were that it was like a three act album cycle and the second album was, well, the first album was like Disco Revival. Second album was Country. And the third album was like a Destiny's Child album back together. And now, wow. now I'm like, 
that I, I can't see any album. of that happen. I would love, I would love a country album because like Daddy yeah. is so good and like the country kind of thing, church girl. Oh, so good. A full album of that. Gimme, 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 please. Um, but I can't see any of it happening now. I think the thing, the thing around the visuals is so weird and I really would like to see them now out of morbid curiosity as someone who didn't really doesn't regularly come back to the other visual albums. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I yeah. know they exist. I acknowledge them as incredible pieces of standalone art, whatever, but they're not things where I'm like, let's sit down and put on the visual album, whatever. I think she has one more, she has one more solid album in her before she takes, like, a kind of solid break and then comes back in her 50s and 60s and goes, like, yeah. does her share on it, like, you know what I mean, with her with another tour and stuff. Does Vegas... I can't see her doing a Vegas, is the thing. I think she kind of thinks that's beneath her. And in some ways, I kind of agree. Vegas is for people who are kind of like, not not able to come back that strongly. I was about to say, it seems like a mad commitment, like from the perspective of her family and stuff. But like, you have Adele and Katy Perry who are doing it. And who also have small kids, so I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she wants to. I, I can't. Now... Then again, it goes back to the thing of like, if the price is right, and then Miss Beyonce and all this will be like, where's the dotted line? Sign Give me, me my pen. Yeah. And I think if that was the case, she could make so much money. I Like, you could make a Beyonce musical what? out like, of her life. How do you mean? Yeah, you could. Well, like, what is the point in like, spending your life doing all these like, big deals and like, working your arse off for all this huge money just to, just to be like, continuously doing it? Do you know what I mean? If you're not going to take time away to like, enjoy living the high life I think it's really hard once you start making that kind of money like it's hard to ever it's hard stop to step back. Yeah. especially if you're someone who can't like it's not like they're she's not a nepo baby in a lot of you know what I mean like it's whatever yeah. about Matthew Knowles but like it's not like she came from loads and loads of money like it's which is why not that I can understand the Dubai thing but it's like I don't know at some point you just get used to that level of money so it's like in some ways does that seem like a big job to her probably not but it seems insane to us because we'll never have that money in our lifetimes you know, yeah. and I think there's a thing of like leaving the legacy and being able to say you were commercially that success, that successful. And I wonder if the Grammys issues and the snobs kind of rub her up the wrong way, which I wouldn't blame her because the people she's lost to over the years, she lost to Beck one year, which I'm like, yeah, give me a break. That. And like, I think there was supposed to be more of a performance last year for Renaissance. She's like, she's the most awarded artist of the Grammys of all time now. But I think there was a lot of controversy around the fact that she didn't get album of the year for Renaissance and there was supposed to be like more performance. Like there was a couple of significant categories she didn't win in, but she won in like kind of the smaller, some of the ones that aren't televised and then they changed it so it would be televised so she would go. There's a part of me that's like, I wonder what that rubber the wrong way. So she's like, you know what? Fuck you all. I'm going to go make so much money. It's going to start coming out of my eyes. Yeah. Fuck is all. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's also like the thing of leaving a le- like a legacy for her children and Building a yeah, life for money children for them. and yeah, yeah, like I don't know. Makes sense. What do you think? No, I agree. It's like she wants to probably have something to hand over to her kids at the end of it. It's probably nothing to do with her at all, or to just like give away to charities and something in the background, or like look after her family, like extended family and stuff. Like mm. it's not just her being greedy and wanting all money, money, money. Like there's probably a bigger picture to it. So there you go. Beyonce. I'm sorry knows. if you are a Beyonce fan and hated this episode. <laughs> We probably should have got a super fan on for balance. I think we did a good job. I think we did a, I think we did an okay job. I think it's fair to come at it from, well, I would say I'm more of a super fan than you. So yeah, definitely. I'm just a fan. Like I'm just a fair with their fan. I think I'll take the hits when they're out. 
but I won't I won't delve any deeper okay so I'll I'll report back if I do end up going to the renaissance tour yeah I do we'll do a part two if you end up going we absolutely will because there was other there's so much other stuff we could get into but we're already here an hour and 20 maybe a bit less when Adam trims this and makes it gorgeous Anyway, this has been us. We're back next week on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash bandwagons. If you want to get those uh, fortnightly yeah. bonus episodes, we'll hear all about Fanula's triathlon. Yeah. Um, I'll be back from America. There's a week so much to catch up on. Chicago adventures. Can't wait. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.